Lord's How many of you are grateful that he is for you and not against you? Oh, come on and put your hands together. The Bible says clap your hands on you people. Then it says to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Come on, lift your voice up to the King of Kings. Keep me up high, Bert. My voice is about gone after last night. How many of you are excited about what God is doing just in the two services we've already had? Now, if you were not here last night, God bless you. Don't know where you were. But I have, I mean, how many of you were here last night? Let me see. How many of you will testify tonight that that was the greatest sermon you've never heard. Not one word was spoken. Now those of you that's not, we're not here, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. It was a mind service, not one word was spoken after we got started. And these altars got filled up. And people, how many? Three people got saved last night, gave their heart to the Lord. Not with, and here's the thing I love about that because believe it or not, I don't like preachers. I don't, I'm, I'm, I've never had too many of them tell me the truth. So I've not been too fond of preachers in my life and I are one. Um, but not one preacher had to make an altar call last night. The altars were filled with over 50, 60 people in this altar at one time. And that's what is powerful. When God does a thing, he don't need preachers to help him. And sometimes as preachers, we try to help God. Well, let me just go ahead and say, sometimes as Christians, we try to help God. Has anybody ever gotten in the mode of helping God like he needs it? <laughs> I've heard him say, Scott, would you just get out of my way? In fact, the other day, some, Some things, things were going on, and, and, and I knew, or, you know, thought I knew, that, man, I could just get in this thing and fix this and not even bother God with it. And I went to get in the middle of it, and I heard the Lord say, if you'd sit down and shut up and let me have a moment, I'd fix it for you. And that was the hardest thing for me to do. Because pastors, by and large, we're fixers. We like fixing things. When somebody calls us, we want to fix it. When somebody has a problem, we want to fix it. When somebody has something, we want to fix it. And man, not fixing it was the hardest thing I've ever done. But I let my hands off of it. And about two hours later, because I am a little bit of ADD squirrel. What? Who? What? What? Just, did you say something? Um, and so about two hours later, I... I, I Found myself, I picked the phone up and got ready to call. And I, I heard the Holy Ghost say, what did I tell you? And the phone was ringing. And I had to cut it off. And then, you know, in the modern age of, 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 of caller ID, uh, they called me back. And said, did you just try to call me? And I said, yeah, but I, I got it handled. And, and I'm telling you, within another two hours, God not only handled it. He handled it better than I could have, and I got blessed over and above it. And sometimes you just got to learn to get your hands off of it, amen? And, and so tonight we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And I, I know that that is not a popular subject anymore. Several years ago, we were getting ready to build one of our buildings, and I went to a very popular Pentecostal church, Church of God Church, hallelujah, because you know, we got that thing cornered, brother, called the Holy Ghost. And I went in, and they had, I mean, and I'm not against this. Don't, don't go out of here and say, I don't like that preacher because he preaches against what I like. I, I, I really don't care, okay? So I'm not preaching against it. But I went in this church, beautiful church. Their foyer was about six times bigger than the whole sanctuary I was about to build. They had a coffee shop. And they had, ah. I mean, I was waiting for Chick-fil-A to pop out the floor any moment like a, because I mean, that is God's chicken. If they could figure out how to sell that on Sunday and not get mad at Jesus, I mean, I'd be okay with it, okay? Um, I threatened to go in late on Saturday night and buy a whole bunch of Chick-fil-A and get me a Chick-fil-A truck on Sunday and go around churches because y'all know y'all want it on Sunday. Don't act like y'all don't. You wake up, you ain't wanting Chick-fil-A all week, but on Sunday morning you wake up and go, boy, I wish I could have a Chick-fil-A biscuit right now. I'm going to have an app for that, baby. You just app me and I'll come bring you a Chick-fil-A biscuit. $14.95. Hallelujah. Yeah, it will. And I walked in there. Beautiful. That man, let me tell you. Beautiful. This is one of, I mean, just. It, I, but they had them seats. Not like this. They had the seats that when you get up, they hit you. You know, they flick up like like. They flick up. Answer that. If it's Jesus, tell him I'm on the job. I didn't call in sick. I'm here. And I'm not, I wasn't so offended about the seats popping up. But, you know, I'm a little, I'm, 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 like, the, I'm like the Knoxville Fair, man. I'm getting bigger and better every year. Hallelujah. And, I, and the seats were like, I mean, I felt like I was in a straitjacket, man, at first. And then I, you had to walk in like this. To get somewhere, because this seat wasn't like this. It was like right here. So inquiring minds want to know because I'm dumb. And I want to ask questions. I said, what are y'all doing when the Holy Ghost moves? Because I'm thinking I'm going to break something. With that seat right in front of me. And this is what this great Pentecostal church pastor, church of God pastor said. He said, we don't let that happen in our church service. It can move the whole, it, it can move in our cell groups. We got cell groups for people seeking the Holy Ghost. He said, you like this building? I said, everything but them seats and what you just said. I said, because if the Holy Ghost don't move in my services, I'm lost. I'm a duck out of water. I don't know how to handle myself when the Holy Ghost don't move. It's just, it's just who I am. It's ingrained in me. So tonight we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. Now, young people, don't think you can tune me out because I'm going to show you something about the Holy Ghost that I think is going to blow your mind. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to convict. I had a whole lesson the other night about the difference between condemnation and conviction. Because right now it's like, don't, con don't condemn me. Don't di I'm, I'm living my truth as if you got it. There's only one truth and it isn't yours. It's his, and it don't make no difference what your truth is. Go ahead and get your truth out of the way. I'm living my truth. I'm you don't have truth. He's got truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto God except by him. So get that out of the way, number one. 
but he says, I'm going to, you have to teach people now. We're not condemning you. Condemnation says, listen, listen. Conviction says I made a mistake. Condemnation says you are a mistake. Okay. We're not saying you're a mistake, but we make mistakes and you got to learn to be able to operate with conviction in your life. And let me tell you something. I wish I could tell you, if you live for Jesus 30 years, you'll get it figured out. No. If you live for Jesus 30 years, he'll start convicting you over your attitude in the line at Walmart because they ain't got enough registers open. You'll be sitting there and you'll be like, I don't know why in the world they don't open up at least five of these 4,382 and you'll stand in that line and you'll have an attitude about checking yourself out. I ain't checking myself out. I'm taking jobs away from people. And then the Holy Ghost will say, why you got such a bad attitude? Because the closer you get to God, the more he'll convict you over, every, over things that just last year or even last week you wasn't convicted over. Somebody better help me preach in this place. Because the Bible says the Holy Ghost comes, comes to, to convict the world of sin. We have a sin problem in the church, and it's not that there's sin in the church. It's that we don't even, we're not even affected by it no more. Sin don't even bother us no more. Because the only way sin bothers us is if I go, well, at least I ain't doing what she's doing. We act like God is something. God's, oh, boy, I'm about, uh, I got to introduce Gilbert because I'm, I'm about to step all up in somebody's cornflakes right now. Can I just step in it for two seconds? Can I step in your cornflakes for a minute? Storm around with my big toe. Now I'm going to convict you. And you can get mad at me. But Wednesday night after church, I'm going back to South Carolina. And I still love you. But we got into this, he's my daddy God. He's my daddy God. And so we treat him like a daddy instead of God. And we treat him like, well, at least I ain't doing what he's doing, Dad. Because that's what our children do. I've got two boys up here. One does something. He'll look at, he'll look at me and I'll say, you're about to, why am I doing what he's doing? As if to say, get on there, God. You see this guy right here. Wearing his work clothes up in here. You see that? I know I got holy blue jeans on. I was hoping for a better offer. But that's the way we treat him. We treat him like he's a dead. Instead of God. And God is against sin. Do you realize God? I'm going to say something. And I know you're going to finish it in your brain. God hates sin. And I know what you just said. But he loves the sinner. I get it. But that don't get past. He hates sin. And if you've got sin in your life. God hates that. He hates it so much. That he sent his only son. And for some reason we think, well, since can't nobody be perfect, why should I even try? I mean, my granny never would say that. My granny spent her life trying to be perfect. Not using the excuse that she can't be perfect and keep on sinning. The Holy Ghost will convict you. Now, that don't sound like fun, does it? I know. I know. But it says he will convict, he convicts the world of sin. You know what else it says that's pretty cool? The Holy Spirit will show you things to come. That means if you follow the Holy Ghost, he will tell you stuff's going to happen before it even happens. 
on the way here, on the way here tonight, on the way here tonight. Well, let me back up. Last uh, week before last, I'm in West Virginia. I get to spend, I spent a week at home, preached at my church. I'm here. I get to go home for two weeks, then I'm in Orlando. I come home for a week, and I'm, I'm gone again. I'm gone eight times between now and Thanksgiving. Thank God. I don't say that to brag. I'm tired. But the Lord spoke to me. I asked my boy, I said, how many did God tell me last week? I was in West Virginia, and the church runs 100 people. And I, I said, God, he said, I want you to preach on the Holy Ghost. I said, God, I'll preach on the Holy Ghost. But I want 22 people to get baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. We had 23, didn't we? That night, in one night, 23 got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because I started telling them, if you want to make it in this world, people tell me all the time, you ain't got to have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. You're absolutely right, but I wouldn't want to go to Walmart without the Holy Ghost. What I want you to understand is the Holy Ghost is something that we're going to need. He's better than you could. I'm taking your time, Gilbert. Turn on your mic. You ready? But I asked God, we were sitting in the truck coming down here. And me and Gilbert don't ever talk about what we're going to talk about until right before we come. And I looked at him. I said, what you doing now, Gilbert? He went, huh, 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 and you'll just wait. You'll get it. He said, the Holy, I said, Holy Ghost. And I've asked God to give us at least 20 in this house, either filled with the Holy Ghost or refilled. How do you know if I need a refilling? If you ain't prayed in tongues today, you need a refilling in the Holy Ghost. My granny used to say, Scott, don't you dare get up off your knees each and every day before you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says when I don't know what to pray, the Holy Ghost prays for me. That's what he says, right? Then he says in John 16, he said he is not going to speak of his own, but only what he hears from the Father. That means when I pray in tongues, I'm praying what the Father wants. Then the Bible says if I pray anything, anything, somebody shout anything. If I pray anything, according to the will of God I will have it which means when I pray in the Holy Ghost I'm praying the perfect will of God so everything I pray comes to pass in God reason we're not getting our prayers answered is we're too busy praying in English boy y'all quiet this Holy Ghost filled church I didn't come here for that I don't believe in the Holy Ghost hey you better start you're going to need the Holy Ghost to get through where we're about to get through. I'm just telling you, if you think, well, if we can make it two more years, we'll be out of this. If we can make it four more years, we'll get out of this. If you think we can get out of this by somebody sitting in Washington, D.C. was just there that last week praying for some people. If you think we can get by with this as for somebody sitting in Washington, D.C., baby, you have been duped by the devil. It don't matter who's in the White House or our house or any house. God is still in control, and we need the power of the Holy Ghost to get through it. Somebody shout amen. Now, will you do me a favor and put your hands together, get up on your feet, and give the loudest welcome you can to my friend, my buddy, my twin. He is my twin, Gilbert Wade, the nerd.
I'm glad you're all waiting to the house of God. Stand on your feet. I heard there's something cooking in here tonight. And give Jesus a big old hand. He said, blow a trumpet in line. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I grew up on the farm, bless God, and these city folks think you get these things to hang around the, the neck of the cow so you can keep up with them. If you're that, that dumb of a farmer where you don't know where your cattle are, you got problems, brother. That's not why they made these things. They made them until you could stand at the gate and do that right there. So that they'll come home to eat. And I want somebody in here to decide to come home to eat tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Glory to God. Woo! Praise God. Gonna be one of them nights, preacher. Somebody come help me, bless God. Preacher, you ain't good for nothing. Come up here. Wow. There you go. Let's bring it up here where we can actually use it. There you go. Bless God. <laughs> Amen. I get excited when I know God's going to move. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Uh, <clears throat> All right, I'm going to have a seat. I heard, I heard my friends have been teaching y'all a song. I like to worship, you see, that ushers in the presence of God is what the Scripture says, amen? Amen. And that's what we want tonight. We want the presence of God, amen? Hello, did you go home? I said, amen. Praise God. We can't worship if you're going to go home on me, amen? So here's the deal. We're going to teach you a fresh new one tonight because we've seen God move. We've had salvation. We've had healings. God's been moving in this place. If you haven't been here, this is your first night, then you fix it. Listen, we took the seatbelt off the seats just for tonight. Amen? Because God's going to turn loose on us tonight. We've been praying. I got a message on the way here. Bishop, you can tell them if I'm telling the truth or not. I got a message from somebody that don't have a clue what's going on here. And she sent me a message. She said, God's going to move by the presence of the Holy Ghost tonight like you ain't never seen. And let me tell you something. She ain't even here. She don't even know what's going on. So if you ain't ready for that, you better batten down the hatches is all I can say. This song says, stand up and shout if you love my Jesus. What do you think you're going to do? Yes, bless God. I ain't going to do it for you. You jump up on your feet, you throw your hands up in the air, and you say, yes. Amen. 
The Bible says that we need to say yes and amen. That means I agree. Amen. Once we get in one mind and one accord in this place tonight, and I'm not talking about a Honda either, we're going to have us a time. Some of you people don't even know what kind of car God drives. He drives a Plymouth. It says it right there in the Bible. He left Oz in his fury. We're going to get rid of that ignorance in this house tonight. We're going to turn loose some wisdom. Amen. Praise God. Heard the other night that I offended somebody in the house. Yeah, I heard that. I did. Well, I ain't done yet, so just hang on. Amen. See, it don't bother me to offend you. I don't do it on purpose. If you get offended, it's your own fault. The Bible said they that love the law and they that live by the law can't be offended. So if you're offended, that means you need to check your relationship with God. You're not living by the law, and you don't love the law. And if you don't love the law, and you're not living by the law, it means you ain't reading the law. If you ain't reading the law, you're not translating the law. If you're not translating the law, then you don't know what in the world you're doing. And all that was free. Praise God. How many winners we got up in this house? Raise your hand. Woo! Yeah, I heard that. All right, we've, we've been, been infiltrated by another group of people. I like to remind you every night. We, we call, call them wieners. I call them wieners because they only perfected one art, and that's sitting on their buns. You cannot serve a living God in this position. He said, "Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only." Amen. You can't do nothing sitting there but look dumb. Church has done that long enough. Amen. All right, last night I drilled you on fruit. You got to recognize fruit. Can anybody tell me what kind of fruit this is? See, last night it was a pear. I had two of you, bunch of dummies. Tonight it's juicy fruit. I can tell it's going to be a long night. These guys got something on them. What's wrong with y'all? Y'all laughing. They got something on them. You didn't get nothing on you. I bet you will before you leave tonight. Amen. This song says, stand up and shout if you love my Jesus. And we're all going to jump up like we just won the game because we did. And we're going to go, yes, in full agreement. Amen. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen in hell when we do that. When we get in agreement according to the word of God, it's going to rattle hell right down to the gates. Now, let me tell you something. That's what I'm about. I've won a million to the Lord. I've seen hundreds of thousands get the Holy Ghost, so I don't have to wonder if it's really a gift and it really works. Let me tell you something. If you're sitting there tonight, and, and maybe some preacher hasn't told you this. I don't know. Pastor, you may have already told them. I might be repeating. Amen? I, had, I know both of those guys, Pete and repeat. And if you feel something coming up in you, almost like you're going to throw up, because the Bible said out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And if you feel it coming up in here, don't look at somebody and say, is this the Holy Ghost? Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's the Holy Ghost. Now, ain't nobody going to teach you what to do with that. I'm going to go ahead and get that out of the way. But I will tell you, I ain't grabbing your little nasty tongue and wagging it for you. When it comes up in your throat, spit it out, bless God. It's your body, it's your gift, and you need to get it out there. Because if you don't spit it out, man, that thing will clog up on you. I ain't kidding. Man, a friend of mine, he had to go to the hospital. I thought he was having a heart attack. All it was was the Holy Ghost. Yeah, he'd been speaking the Holy Ghost. 
and, and God had given it to him, and he was in a service one night, and that thing came up in his throat, and he didn't let go of it, and he was holding that thing for about a week. Man, could you imagine holding the power of God right here in your throat in this little place for a week? Let me tell you something. When it came out, it came out big. <laughs> yeah, he got buck naked and run all over the campus of his college. Yeah, he did. They called me and said, Preacher, there's a boy from your church down here fixing to go to jail. I said, What'd he do? They said, Well, he's talking some kind of language that nobody here knows. We didn't ask the professor, he can't understand it, and said, He's running around the campus down there, ain't got a stitch to nothing on. What happened was, he let that thing go in the shower, and when he let it go in the shower, it had to go somewhere, bless God. I'm just saying. So don't wait till you embarrass yourself over it. Amen. I'm sorry, preacher. It's just in there, all right? Yeah, you'll catch it for that one. But anyway, all right, here we go. I'm just telling the truth tonight. Truth shall set us free, amen? Don't hold back on the Holy Ghost. Because, listen, we're living in a time that God gave us the Holy Ghost for. He said it would give us power to be a witness. I'm going to ask one question, then we're going to sing. How many people, you don't have to answer this, answer it to yourself. How many people this week, this month, this year, have you won to Jesus? All right, stop right there. Before the devil starts condemning you over it, I want you to understand that maybe all you need it's the Holy Ghost. I was as quiet as a church mouse, Presbyterian church mouse, until I got the Holy Ghost, and I ain't shut up sin. I'm just telling you right now, it will, it will, when the Holy Ghost, I'm about to shout now, when the Holy Ghost comes in and surrounds you, he's called the comforter. Some of you got turmoil going, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You got you got things going on in your life that's made you uncomfortable and you, you're weary and you're stressful and you, everything's heavy on you. All you need is the Holy Ghost. You need that comforter to come up in there and wrap his arms around you. You can feel his warmth and God feel it right now. When he comes in on you, you can feel him. Why in the world wouldn't you want that? My mother's been dead now about 16 years and I'd pay everything I got in my pocket and in the bank for one more of her hugs. And I feel that way about the Holy Ghost. I'm in God's house tonight. I'm, a fami I'm, I'm familiar with this house. I'm familiar with the feel in here. Hallelujah. Man, let me tell you something. This ain't part of the plan, but let me just tell you something. Hallelujah. Young people, I'm old. <laughs> hey, man, you knew that, right? Some of you sitting there saying, we're not blind. I feel comfortable around you. You know why? Because y'all like to have fun. You're at a place in life where you just want to have a little fun, you know? Leave us alone. Let us have a little fun. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, you like to do exciting things. You like to do challenging things, you know? You like to do things that you like to do. Amen? Am I right? Huh? Can I get an amen out of some of you? Are you dead or what? Huh? Amen. Amen. Yeah, you, you go to school with a guy who's just like me, don't you? Amen. You got, you got people, people in your family that look just like me. What are you laughing at, brother? I know you got a cousin or something that looks just like me. All right? Well, let me tell you something tonight. We're going to get familiar with the presence of God. Is that all right with y'all? See, I know it is. I can see it on your face. The other night we were down here. We got familiar with God, didn't we? 
Man, we can feel that. When you're familiar with somebody, it means you don't have to look to see who it is. You're familiar with the bishop comes in the room. I don't look to see if it's the bishop. I know it's the bishop. I'm familiar with how he feels when he walks in the room. When I was laying in the hospital bed and three specialists were telling me I'd never walk again, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and I felt somebody walk in the room. I didn't look to see who it was. Bless God, I'm familiar with how he feels. I knew who, oh, hallelujah. I knew who he was when he walked up in that room. And, and, and I knew that if I talked to him, he'd talk back. Some people got a problem with it. I ain't never heard God. But open your ears. You hear the devil all the time. We pulled up a sonic the other night. The devil was just cussing. Yeah. I rolled my window down and gave him one of these. They shut up, didn't they, Bishop? Yes, they did. Yeah, the devil don't want me to open my mouth. I went to Peru. This is honest and true. I went to Peru. And I've never been there before in my life because I'm a missionary to America. God won't let me leave the country. But he let me go this one time. Man, I was excited. I got down there, got in the service, and woman had a demon. So I told the people I was with there, I said, listen, I'm going to go down there in just a minute and cast that demon out. Y'all try to, try to keep women and children up here because it might be messy. So at the end of the service, I went down there, reached over to grab that demon. And when I did, he looked at me and said, I know who you are. I thought to myself, you fool, you don't know who I am. Nobody in this country knows who I am. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, you're John Eric Swillen. He knew my full name. Now, let me tell you something. I'll rattle your cage just a little bit. It will. Then after I got through rattling, I looked there and said, come out of there in the name of Jesus and shut up. And he came out of there too. Let me tell you something. He was spitting and throwing up and acting pure crazy. But when I got through with it, the woman was free. Because what the sun sets free is free indeed. And if you got the Holy Ghost, something's going to be happening in the room. Now, the last time I, I, I looked outside, it said this was a Pentecostal church. The last time I walked in this man's living room, I realized it was a Pentecostal church. Because me and him bear witness one with another. Bishop and I do what we do because we bear witness one with another. What bears witness? The Holy Ghost in us. That's right. That's, That's what, what bears witness with us. Tonight, my, my spirit bears witness with some of you. Not all of you, but some of you. Now, some of you, I can read your book. I can tell you things you don't want nobody to know. I can. Because I listen to God. He's been talking since I walked in the room. Might even have to do some of that before I leave tonight. So if that makes you nervous, you better leave now. Because I'm, I'm on you. Why? Because, not because I want to condemn you. Like the bishop said, that's not why we're here. I want to see you the best you can be. And Jesus, I want the Holy Ghost to come over you and embrace you and wrap around you so that tonight before we leave, these walls will shake under the presence of a living God. He's not dead, church. He's alive. He's alive. All right. We're going to practice. Stand up and shout if you love my Jesus. Yes! Good Lord, you people are slow. Man, Jesus would come before you got up and said yes. We're going to have to do this one more time. Now, there's a second verse. Now, I go over, listen, I'm no respecter of denomination, all right? I talk about the Baptist when I'm over here, and I talk about you when I'm over there. That's just the fun part of it, all right? You already hear what I got to say about the Presbyterian Methodist. That's another story. All right. So tonight, I just want you to know that when those people shout, they shout a little different than we do. Yeah. They'll sit in their seat and they'll look at you and they'll say, yes, amen. 
You ever, you ever been in one of their services? You know I'm telling the truth. They'll say, yes, amen. They, they, they wrinkle their nose up, up and they, they use their hand. They say, yes, amen. Like they're pushing the throttle of a, a tractor or something. Yes, amen. So this song, the second verse, says, sit down and, and whisper if you love my Jesus. And I want us all to, to practice baptism. And I want you guys to go, Yes, amen. Can you do that with me? We don't leave nobody out. There might be some visiting Baptists tonight. I want them to feel at home, amen? Praise God. They think you and I are fixing to do somersaults over the seats. Not that we're not, but anyway. All right, you ready? All right, you ready? All right, hit it, Bert. Let's do this. <laughs> decided to let part number 41 just drag you right on down the seat. Just stole every bit of the worship out of your life. Stand back up, let me bless God. Say, well, brother, I'm, I'm sort of winded right now. Well, bless God, you need to work out. Praise God. Man, I like it. Whew. See, the problem with the church is we all want to be happy. But we don't understand happiness is an attribute of joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So you can't get happiness, true happiness, without first getting joy. You can't get joy without the Holy Ghost. It's one of His attributes. So if you want real joy tonight, I'll tell you right now, tonight's a night of victory for somebody in this house. 
I'm just telling you right now. You came up in here tonight and you said to yourself, I need some kind of something. I need victory. You don't even know how to label it. But let me tell you that you need victory is what you need. And what you really need is joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's why you're so weak. You need the gift of the Holy Ghost to get your joy. And then you'll automatically be happy. All right? You ready, Bert? All right, I want to take just a second now. Look at Pentecostal people. We ain't got all night. So I want you to go over and hug at least five people and touch them. Listen, unity is the way to bring the Holy Ghost in this place. And if you touch somebody, if you pat them on the back, if you hug them. Now listen, don't go wrapping yourself around some woman. That ain't the way you hug. Man in the house of God will go like this and hug a woman. So act like you know what you're doing. And go hug somebody. Hit it, Bert. constantly doing something. He's constantly throwing fiery darts at us. You all right? He had to think about them just a second. You see, the devil is constantly throwing fiery darts. I'm just telling you what the Bible says, amen? And and the reason he he don't want to hit you with them, he just wants to get your attention, you see? Because if he gets your attention by throwing that stuff at you, then he'll keep your eyes off of what Jesus is doing. Now, the only problem that some of, I'm just telling you now, the only problem that some of you got in the house tonight is you're looking at the wrong thing. Your eyes in the wrong place. Amen? That's right. Now, everybody can't be as visually beautiful as me. That's just the way it works. Amen? I thought I'd go in and lay some more truth on Now, I got three things here I want you to look at. I got, I got three ropes. 
I got, this has got a little white tip on it, a little black tip, and a little yellow tip. Now, if you're visiting tonight, I told them Sunday, I'm 86% American Indian. I come from American Indian heritage, and I wish you'd all go back home. I'm just saying. So tonight, if you feel like I'm being prejudiced, I'm not, because I don't like none of it. But tonight, I'm going to make sure I, I get the right thing here. i got to flip the whiteboard with the whiteboard. But this is what keeps happening. And it's happening in America, and it's going to destroy us if we keep it up. And it's happening in the church, believe it or not. You'll have one person get disgruntled over some ridiculous something. And next thing you know, they've called up ten people, and they've got a little circle of their own going on. A little circle, yeah. And then these people over here, they do the same thing. They, they, get, they get something going on, and they just believe that they're right and their opinion is right, and they're going to stick with it. When actuality, none of us have any rights. None of us have any opinion in the house of God. It's all about him. It ain't about us. It's not even about your preacher. He's just here working for the Lord. He's a servant, all right? So if you've got something against your preacher, then you need to get over it because God ain't happy with you. I'm just saying and right here, you know, uh, they were trying to pump up this black and white issue, you know. I tell my black brothers I don't like them either. I'm not afraid of black folks. I love them. I love them just like I do white folks. My Asian buddies, I tell them I don't like them either. I'm not afraid of them, though. You know why? Because God made us all. The same blood that Jesus shed at Calvary is the same blood that will come out of their veins when you cut it. Well, if he gets political, I'm leaving. Go ahead. You're the one that'll miss it, not me. I'll still be here. So you see, we got all three of these little circles going on. Now, I just named over a few things. We get in our circle over almost anything out of it, you know? Uh, like I said, Sunday, uh, you know, somebody probably got in their little circle called something I said. I said that if you didn't come to service, you were cursed. I'd pray to curse them. Somebody said, that's unbiblical. No, I can show it to you. I can go to the Bible and show you where I got the right to tell you if you don't serve God, then you are walking in a curse. I didn't put it on you. You did. Amen? All right? But if you decide to live by his statutes and serve God, you walk in the freedom of his blessings. Amen? All right? And I don't know about y'all, but that sounds like a smart choice to me. All right? And coming to church, let me tell you something. Coming to church is not something we decide to do. It's something we're commanded to do. He said, do not forsake. He didn't say, you know, if you feel like it. He said, do not forsake the assemblies of yourselves together as you see that day approaching. How many of us see that day approaching? All right, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now, you got these people with their own little thing going on. Let me tell you something. God will never bless this. He will never bless this. And the reason he won't bless it is because there's one God, there's one family, there's one Jesus, there's one salvation, there's one Holy Ghost, there's one sanctification, there's one plan, and he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man will come to the Father but by him. 
So what do we need to do? We need to take our little circle and our little small thinking, and we need to take those people when they call us on the phone and tell them that you're, you really don't want to hear that. You'd rather serve God without it. God bless you. Appreciate you. If you need to go or whatever you need to do, then go with my blessings. I love you. When I run into you down at the uh, food line, I'm still going to hug your neck. I, I still love you. Just stay out of my face with your junk. Now, this right here is what God wants. God wants us to get him in our hearts instead of our heads. Because if you got him in the head, eventually you're going to have a problem. I mean, look at those people beside you. Look at that head. Brother Ryan, he got no hair on his. That brother back there has got more on his face than he does on his head. We're some strange looking creatures, ain't we? Amen. I'm just kidding, boys. I'm just kidding. What we need it's for, for God, God to, to touch, touch our lives in this house tonight and all of us become one. Amen? Because that's what God wants. That's what God wants. All right, have a seat. I, I just, I'm so excited tonight. I'm like a kid with a new bicycle. Even though I can't ride it, I'm still excited about it. And the reason I'm excited tonight is, is because I was praying and I was asking God. I said, God, I said, what in the world? Are me and the bishop going to cover tonight? And God told me, what is it that you love more than anything except your wife? I love my wife, I'm just telling you. 44 years, I love that woman. She's an angel. Anybody live with this 44 years, either a lunatic or an angel? I'd rather think she's an angel. I'm just saying. But there is one other thing that I absolutely think is the greatest invention it's, it's the, the great, great, I have thought it since I was old enough to taste it. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of men. It's the greatest invention that's ever happened. It's the greatest food. I stayed alive on this food when I was a kid. Now, let me cover something before I tell you about this food. Some people have a, a fear and this weird thing going on about speaking in tongues. I need to go ahead and address that tonight and get it out of the way. I want to ask you for a second to be practical. How many will be practical? I'm not talking about being Pentecostal. I'm talking about being practical. All right? I'm going to give you a practical application. If I get one of these young people over here to stick their finger in that socket right there, y'all don't have to volunteer all at once. But, but yeah, yeah. That, that makes, makes sense, sense, believe it or not. <laughs> if he <laughs> wasn't crazy, he wouldn't be sitting there with them. All right, I'm just saying. So if you stick your finger in that socket, this is what's going to happen. There is a stronger power than you running through those wires. And when you do that, in just a minute, I'm going to have one of these young people stick their finger in there. And when they get their finger in there, I'm going to begin to calmly ask them some simple questions. Now, the reason you're laughing is because you know they're probably going to answer like this. And I'm not going to be able to understand a word of it. They know what they're saying, but I don't. Amen? All right? When you plug yourself, open yourself up, to the highest power that, that has ever been. When you get that close to my daddy, then you're going you're gonna, <laughs> to mumble a few things. I'm just saying. 
The Bible calls it an utterance. Now you're going to want to control it because we're control freaks. We are. Don't look at somebody beside you. I'm talking to you. We're control freaks. We want control of everything. All right? You can't control God. And this is where the disconnect comes. You want to control the Holy Ghost. So when he gets right here and it's time for you to spit him out, you try with everything within you to keep from him turning loose on you. Oh, I'm afraid he'll embarrass me. Well, my God, you're embarrassed enough already looking, walking around looking like... Holy Ghost choking you up in here. Can't even talk to nobody. Don't you think it would be more embarrassing to be in the shower and the Holy Ghost get a hold of you and you run around your neighborhood? Right here, we got air conditioning, we got friends, we got clothes. I mean, we got everything you need. Again, I'm just being practical, ain't not Bishop? So what's the big deal about speaking in tongues? The Bible says an utterance. It's what happens when a higher power gets a hold of this flesh. I, that don't scare me at all, bless God. Why should it scare you? Why should you try to hold back when God has all of this to give you? It, you no longer are going to have the stress you have. Some of the problems you have are going to melt away. That You don't have any energy right now. And tomorrow morning you're going to jump up out of bed like somebody gave you six Red Bulls. Somebody said, watch a Red Bull. I'm going to share with you right here the most awesome thing that's ever been created. Are you ready? Now, some, some preachers wouldn't share this with you. I'm going to. All right? That's how much I love you. You ready? Nobody's got their camera out. What's wrong with you people? Somebody sneezes at the local 7-Eleven. You're taking their picture and turning them in. I'm fixing to show you the most awesome thing in the world. There's not one camera out. I don't know about this crowd, Bishop. Are you ready? Mm, I don't want to let it loose because I love this stuff. Peanut butter. Oh, glory. I felt it when I opened it up. Hallelujah. The essence of it will fill this room. If you're allergic to it, you'll act plumb stupid. Yeah. Bishop, I never really tell you this, but I went to the fair, and this guy that was allergic to peanut butter ate a big spoonful of it. Five people jumped on him thinking he was a new ride. <laughs> hey, man, I got thrown off twice. Peanut butter. <laughs> A merry heart makes it like a medicine. You feel better already, don't you? Peanut butter. You know, I like it so much. I thought I'd go double barrel tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm shaking. That right, that right leg really gets it done. That's my Elvis leg. <laughs> you don't know Elvis is dead. I learned that from Andy Griffith. Man. He also had a little toothy grin. Peanut butter. I shared it with you. How you feel? 
I don't know about y'all, man. I feel good just having that, that close to me. I like peanut butter. Yeah, my dad died when I was seven. Mom worked all the time. I lived off peanut butter. Don't feel sorry for me. I love this stuff. Man, I used to eat it with a spoon by myself over in the corner. Yeah. Yeah, my mom would complain all the time. My God, I worked 16 hours a week and had to buy three tubs of peanut butter every Friday. I said, but mom, I'm alive. Peanut butter. Then they got a little older. You know, some of us have gotten a little older, man. Some of you guys will know how that feels one day. I used to think I was Superman, man. I was Mr. Football player. I was the man. And then one day I looked in the mirror and there was this old guy looking at me. I don't know where he came from. Gray hair, muscles all gone, legs about this big around. Don't wear shorts no more because people think you're walking on stilts. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So he's into it right there, all right? But I said, Lord, is there anything better than peanut butter? I talked to Jesus about my peanut butter. I don't know about y'all. And Jesus said, yes, son, I'm going to share something with you. Ready for it? Man, I got excited. Man, I was like a chihuahua on Friday. Man, I got a chihuahua. Those of you that know chihuahuas know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's a hell of him, that little chihuahua. But I said, God, you actually are going to share something good with me? God said it's better than good. Man, it, can you handle it, son? I'm like, God, I don't know. I don't know, God. I don't know if I can handle it. And some of you tonight, we're talking about the Holy Ghost. You feel the same way. God said, I'm going to share something with you. You're sitting there. I don't know, God. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to give an altar call. You're going to come up here. God's going to flood this place. Hallelujah. I can feel it already. And you're going to be standing up here going, I don't know, God. I don't know. Don't look at me like that. I know who you are. I said, God. I said, what is it? God said, all right, now, son, hold on. Tonight I'm going to tell you the Holy Ghost. You need to hold on. Young people, y'all need to hold on because he's pointed right at you. I'm just telling you right now, he loves young people. Are you ready for this? Are y'all really ready for this? Mm, man, I'm just getting nervous, Bishop. Show me. Man, let's see. Is it on this side or this side? I forget, Bishop. I'm getting old. I'm telling you. No, that's the peanut butter. Yeah. So on this side, no, that's the peanut butter. What in the world? Maybe I need to look again. See, some of you have already been up here praying for the Holy Ghost. And you think, well, God just didn't give it to me. I don't know what it is. It's not him, it's you. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, it's you. Stop expecting him to do it your way and let him do it his way. Get over it. All right? Because I got news for you. He'd be jamming. Woo! Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Let me tell you something right now. You put them two together, it'll make you want to smack your mom. That stuff will empower you. You wonder why I come in here tonight with a little extra step, you know? Man, let me tell you something. I went down and cleaned me out of a jar about an hour ago. Oh, I'm ready to go! Well, let me tell you something. God never quits. He's always got something better for you. Through eternity, 
He's always, God did miracles. They walked on water. Listen, God split the sea and let a million of his people through. God did miracles. Let me tell you. They threw Daniel in the lion's den, and God walked up to that lion and said, you need to shut up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they threw him in the fiery furnace, and God got so excited, he sent Jesus down there to dance in the fire with him. Listen, the king said, I see four of them in there, and one of them looks like a god. Yeah. That's a miracle. That's fantastic. Little old David, little old bitty boy walked up in front of a 10, I'm six foot four. This guy was 10 foot tall and had a sword tall as me. And, and David walked up in there in front of him and said, listen, I am going to slay you in the name of the God that you curse." And he swung a little rock at him, which, which made the, the, the giant mad until he hit the ground and David took his own sword and cut his head off. David didn't even have a sword. Come on, people. But yet we got a little few things coming at us and we're totally, we're wasting. We're wasting. You need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the working power of that same God I'm talking about. What you're missing is the Holy Ghost. Now I was missing something. I'll wrap it up, Bishop. You ready? I was missing something. I said, God, this is awesome right here. Lord, hallelujah, this is awesome. I said, God, I've never seen anything as awesome as peanut butter and, and, and a jelly sandwich. Man, let me tell you, it changed my life. I'm just giving you a testimony here. But God came back and said, son, don't ever forget. I got something just a little better. I said, God, that's impossible. God said, with me, nothing's impossible, son. Tonight, some of y'all are sitting there and you're saying, why, you know, why, why I got to have that Holy Ghost? I, they don't even teach that at my church. Then you need to find a new church. Because it's essential to having the power to move those around you, to be the witness that he called you to be. Listen, I didn't win a million souls to the Lord before I was 38 without the Holy Ghost. It didn't happen. I didn't win 4,000 last month without the Holy Ghost. Did you hear me? I averaged 20, 25,000 souls a year. Am I bragging? No, I'm just telling you. I do it at gas stations. I do it at the 7-Eleven. Everywhere I'm at, they're going to know that Jesus lives in me. Why? Because it's my aura. The Holy Ghost walks with me and talks with me and moves and lives. And I have my being in him. That's, That's what, what you're missing. That's, That's what you're missing. And some of you missed this. It's been on the market for years. I bet. Let me tell you something. I didn't miss it. And now it's the only thing that I buy because I'm sold on it. And tonight I'm sold on the Holy Ghost. You can't convince me he hadn't done miracles in my life. I raised my mother from the dead. It's a long story. We won't go into it tonight. But I had 16 Presbyterians pulling on me telling me I was crazy to get off of her. I raised her from the dead. I'm telling you right now, I've seen the Holy Ghost do things that a man just don't need to see. It's amazing. It's beyond my understanding. And if you're sitting there tonight and you've got things coming in on you, get the Holy Ghost. He'll move it out. He'll get rid of it. He'll wipe the slate clean. 
I'm about to get excited, Bishop. Because there he is right there, bless God. Somebody put peanut butter and, and jam in the same jar. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, Bishop. If that don't get you excited, then go on back where you came from. Amen. Put your hands together for my friend, my twin, Gilbert Word the Nerd. We are talking about the Holy Ghost tonight. And the reason we are is because he and I both believe with everything that is within us that one of the most important, crucial things that we're going to need in the body of Christ in these last days is the power of the Holy Ghost. Not only will the, will the Holy Ghost give you power to witness, the Holy Ghost will teach you. Like I said earlier, he will convict you of sin. When I was a youth pastor, my pastor came up to me, and I should have just listened, but back then I was a little bit more mouthy than even I am now. And he wanted me to do all these series on stuff that young people are dealing with, you know, and I'll just say it, leave it at that. They wanted me to do a series on, on this and a series on that. And, and I was just like, I don't want to do all that because as soon as you do a series on that, guess what's the only thing young people are thinking about? That. And so I said, what I want to do is I want to teach on the Holy Ghost. I want to teach you. I want to get them so full of the Holy Ghost that if some boy tries to drive one of these teenage girls down a dirt road, she'll say, I don't know who you think you got in this car. But me and the Holy Ghost about to put something on you that Ajax ain't going to rub off. And she'll start speaking in tongues till she scares him so bad that he'll just take her home and let her out. Because I want to see people full of the Holy Ghost. It ain't about rules. It's about following the Holy Ghost. That's where the church got it wrong. We wanted to tell everybody what was right and wrong instead of letting the Holy Ghost tell them what was right and wrong. And the difference is, is when you tell them what's right. What happens if you look at your kid and you say, don't touch that electric outlet? What does your kid want to do? Same thing Eve done. It's, it's, the same, it's the same thing the devil's been doing since, since the Garden of Eden. He came up to Eve and he says, you mean to tell me God said you couldn't eat the fruit of that tree right there? Every morning she got up put her flip-flops on. Guess what she saw? That tree right there. Because it's in our nature. We always want what we don't feel like we can have. And so we give rules. And instead we ought to get people full of the Holy Ghost. And then the Holy Ghost will convict them. Conviction is not a rule. Conviction is something that changes your heart. And people ask me all the time, well, why do you Pentecostals believe in speaking in other tongues? Because the Bible said it. Five times in the book of Acts, the Holy Ghost fell. Five times. I got them right here. Just stay with me. I won't keep you but a second. I promise you. Acts 2, 4, Acts 4, 31, Acts 8, Acts 10, and Acts 19. Three times specifically, three times out of those five specifically says that they spoke in other tongues. Now I get it. For something to be an evidence of anything, it has to happen all the time. In Acts chapter 2, we got cloven tongues of fire. I would have picked that one. If I was God, wouldn't it be cool to be walking through Walmart and see people who have the Holy Ghost having a little cloven tongue of fire on their shoulder flickering? That would be cool, man. I want that one. But the one that kept happening over and over three times specifically was speaking in tongues. 
One time it says that they spoke the word of God with boldness. If you look at that in the Greek, it means that they were speaking some kind of language. The fifth time, it says that these people over here were watching them people over there, and these people said, hey, they got the Holy Ghost. Well, how would they know? Were they touching their toes, standing on their head? Doing squats, cutting flips. What was it that told this group that that group got the Holy Ghost? The only thing that we know that happened three other times was speaking in tongues. So people knew when people speak in tongues, they got the Holy Ghost. I'll give you one more and I'm done. The reason the tongue is so powerful is in the book of Genesis. It says that this group of people decided they wanted to get close to God. Now, let me go ahead and tell you something. No matter how preachers have preached it to you, because I probably preached it wrong a couple of times, God was not offended by them wanting to get close to him. Well, God got mad at them because they wanted to build a tower up to him. Why would a God that tells you, if you'll seek for me, you will find me, get mad at people wanting to build a tower to get to him? That don't make God mad. That's like saying, if you start reading your Bible, God's going to be mad because you're going to get closer to him. What he got mad at is why they wanted to build that tower. It wasn't just to get closer to him. It started off that way. But then they said to make a name for ourselves. We want everybody to come see our tower to God because we want you to know our name. And that's what upset God. Here's the thing. In that, in that passage of scripture, it says something really unique. It says that God said it. I didn't say it. Gilbert didn't say it. Pastor Paul didn't say it. God said it. He said they have one language and that there is nothing that shall be withheld or impossible for them to do. So when people have one language, it's impossible. So how did God stop them? He scattered their language. So in Acts chapter 2, you know what he done? He gave the church back one language, and it is praying in the Holy Ghost. Because when I pray in the Holy Ghost, and you pray in the Holy Ghost, guess what? We got the same Holy Ghost, so we are praying the exact same thing. And the Bible says anybody that has the same language, nothing shall be withheld from them. And people say all the time, well, it's not for me. I've been praying for it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Your father said that if you, being an earthly father, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more do I know how to give good gifts to you? It is a gift. It is for you. Now, I'm not going to preach this. I'll let your preacher preach it. But you know how they say, there's rivers inside of you. That's not true, really. Go read the Bible. It says, out of your belly shall flow rivers. Right? There's one river in the Garden of Eden. Everything goes back. If you, if you look at it, I'm not going to preach it, I promise, but listen. If you go back, everything that we are living out of came out of Eden. Watch this. What kind of leaves did Adam and Eve cover themselves with? Huh? Fig? What kind of tree did Jesus curse in the triumphant entry? A fig. He had to curse the thing that Adam and Eve tried to cover their sin with. What kind of crown did Jesus get on his head? Thorns? What did the curse produce out of the ground? Thorns. There's one river in the Garden of Eden, but when it leaves the Garden of Eden, 
It branches into four river heads. Are you listening to me? There's one river inside of you. This is not the Holy Ghost coming in you. You are saved. You've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost in you. He's not coming in. He's trying to get out. Let me say that again. The Holy Ghost is not coming in. He's still trying to get out. And that's why James said the most vile part of your body is what? The tongue. It's the last thing to give up residence. That's why God says, I'm going to use the thing the devil thinks he's got control of, and I'm going to push my Holy Ghost through it. Out. Now, what, what, what did the Garden of Eden symbolize? A relationship with God, walking with God in the cool of the day, right? When that happens, out of that relationship, out of that river, when it leaves the Garden of Eden, it branches into four riverheads. Go home and study them, please. Four riverheads, study their names and what they mean. One of them means an unknown source. When you start praying in the Holy Ghost and when you start operating in the Holy Ghost, things are happening in your life and you won't even know where it comes from. Quick two-second story. We was getting ready to build our church. We couldn't get a church, uh, a bank to even look at us. We were a baby church, as they called us, a young church. And so we didn't have enough records for them to look back on and think, you know, they're going to pay their bills. I said, I got to get God. We got to do something. God said, I want you to go in your, I want you to go in your um, office and I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. That's what God told me. I went in there and I just started praying in the Holy Ghost. They come knocking on the door. Pastor, I said, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And went right back in. Pastor, telephone, tell them I'm praying. I think you want to take this. It's the bank. What bank? And they called out a bank name that I had not even talked to. I hadn't filled out an application. We haven't even talked to them. I got on the phone. They said, somebody told me you want to borrow money to build a church. Yeah. Can you be here at 1 o'clock? Man, I flew home, put on me a suit and tie. I walked up in there. I walked up in there, and this lady said, I'm the vice president of commercial lending. Uh, I'm going to be talking to you today. I'm still trying to figure out how she got my name. So I go and I sit down with her. About that time, this little bit short guy come walking in. Got a nice suit on, too, like me. He, had, he introduced himself. She said, This is the president of the bank. Now, it was a local bank, so they didn't have any branches. He was the big weed. And he said, Tell me, I started crying, man. Right in the middle of this meeting, in this professional meeting, I started crying. And they said, what's going on? I said, I just want to do something for God. And I started sharing my vision. He said, you got about 30 more minutes. I said, yes, sir. He said, good, let's go look at your property. So I drove these people out to my property. I started crying on that property. They told me I couldn't build a church on that property. They said that the church would never be able to build there. That nothing would be able to do. But that guy looked at me and he said, he looked at her and said, has he fell out an application? She said, no. He said, well, we need to get that done. I thought. Okay. okay. He, he said, I don't know how we're going to do it, but, but you, you know, know this day. Go ahead and start getting set up. We're going to give you your money. I don't care who tells me I can't. We're going to do it. And I believe that it came because I was in there praying in the Holy Ghost. Young people, you want the power of the Holy Ghost. Just trust me on this. Trust no guy. 53 years old, you want the power of the Holy Ghost. You want God to do it. Why? They're going to say, well, I just don't know. You do know, and it's for you. Stand to your feet all over this house. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to plead. I've got, uh, here's what's going to happen. I do not. Let me say this real good. You ready? I do not. Look at me. I do not believe in teaching people how to speak in tongues. That's of the devil. Anybody try to tell you, repeat after me, that's of the devil. Get away from them. Don't send no money to them. 
because that's full of the devil. Nobody can teach you how to speak in tongues. Huh? But I do believe that I can talk to you and tell you this is going to happen, this is going to happen. That's, why, that's where we got it wrong in the Pentecost church. We started praying for him. We'd be like, oh, hold on. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And then I got it. And then you get in the thing and say, well, you didn't get that. They just slapped it into you. But I do believe that if you know what's about to take place, it makes it a whole lot easier. Is that fair? I, I know it's about time for you to go home, but listen to me. I'm telling you, this ain't going to take all night. We're not going to tear it. You know why? Because me and that man's already tearing in the altar for you. I asked God for 20 people in this room to get filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And if I don't ever speak in tongues, you doggone right. You're going to receive a gift tonight. A couple of years ago, last story, I promise you. A couple of years ago, my, my cousin works for um, a three-letter organization called the NSA. No such agency. And um, they're right there beside the CIA and the FBI. And he called me one night and he, I, I said, hello. And boy, yeah, he was just praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, going crazy. I was like, what in the world is this problem? I said, Kevin. He said, oh, he kept on praying, speaking in tongues. I said, dude, you got to calm down. Are you okay? He's going to die. I said, what is your problem? He said, hold on, hold on, hold on. He said, okay, okay. I said, what in the world? He said, man, I was crossing the key bridge right here. Annapolis, he said, Man, the Holy Ghost hit me. He said, I couldn't talk. He said, I found God on the other side. I pulled offside the road before I had a wreck. I said, What is going on? He said, You're not gonna believe this. He was in a debriefing meeting, and we had just had, um, I'm trying to figure out how I can say this. We just had, it was at the beginning of our infiltration of Afghanistan. And he said, you know something, in American history, never in our history have we had such a successful campaign. And I'm thinking, okay, that sounds cool. Go God, go USA, hallelujah. He said, but do you want to know why? I said, why? He says, it's the first campaign we've ever had where we had clear, unpenetrable communication from DC all the way to the front lines in Afghanistan. First time ever. Not one communication was, was stolen or intercepted. Not one. And I said, man, that's all about like you. Amen. That's awesome. But now I'm confused about why is this guy praying in tongues and going crazy in the Holy Ghost? He said, I was coming across the key bridge. He said, I was just thinking about that thing. And God said, that's exactly what praying in tongues does. The devil can't intercept it. He can't try to decipher it. It is a private conversation between you and God. And there is nothing the devil can do about it but get mad about it. If you are here, I'm not going to beg you, but I believe you already know who you are. We have pumped it. We have preached it. It is time. So if you are here. I know I've got 20 people that need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost for the first time. I promise you this. Nobody is going to embarrass you. 
I promise you, I'm with nobody, nobody. But if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time in your entire life, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you want to get this prayer language, you want to get this power we're talking about, I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to come down here and stand right here. God bless you. Anyone else? Come on, come on. I got 19 more people. You're going to count down. You go, go straight. Come on. Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Just stand right there. Will you come? Will you come? You feel that? Man, it's on. It's on. It's on. It's on. Go ahead. Let him come out right there, sweetheart. That's him. Come on. I got about three more. Will you come? I'm waiting on you right now. I'm waiting on you right now. Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Let's trust God tonight. Now, here's what I want you to do. If you're in this altar, will you give me just a little bit more burden? I know, I know you're probably loud out there, but I can't hear nothing up here. Glory to God. If you're down here to get the Holy Ghost, I want you to look at me real quick. I want you to look at me real quick. If you're here to get the Holy Ghost, look at me real quick. I got something I want to tell you. I want you to raise your hands right there, and I want you to listen to me. He's all over you, brother. You, you feel that? He, come here, young man. Come here. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to say goodbye. 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 Real life. Goodbye. Now say adios. Adios. Now say them both at the exact same time. Adios. You, that was good. Man, that's the best I've ever heard. Here's the point I'm trying to make. You can't speak two languages at the same time. It's impossible. So you got to choose if you're going to speak in tongues or if you're going to if you're going to speak in English, okay? You can't do both at the same time. Here's what I want you to do. Raise your hands. The Bible says that when men of God pray for them, they receive the Holy Ghost. You got to know that I'm a man of God. You don't you're not not building my ego. But if you don't think I'm a man of God, I can lay hands on you all, all night. It ain't going to do no good. But if you believe that I'm I'm a man of God, when I lay my hands on you, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. When, I, when we do that, let it come up. You're not going to do, listen to me, if you want the Holy Ghost, you're not going to do nothing wrong. You are a child of God. It's just like one of your children, right, drawing a picture. You're going to put it up on the refrigerator whether you know what it is or not because you're proud of it, because you're a child. That's your child. You are a child of God. You're not going to do nothing wrong. Now, here's what I want you to do. Pray out loud. Say, Jesus, I'm your child. And tonight, I receive... The Holy Ghost. I will. Come on, I will. Speak in tongues. For that's my gift. For that's my gift. In Jesus' name.